All right, guys, we have a very special announcement. It's official. The Bases Loaded Pod is joining the Roto Baller Radio Podcast Network. A little bit about Roto Baller. Since 2013, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy addicts their fix of player news and cutting edge fantasy analysis. If you didn't know, Roto Baller's 2020 MLB draft kit is already live. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools, including printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points, head-to-head, dynasty, roto, AL only, NL only, you name it, they've got it. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools. These draft tools include printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points leagues, head-to-head, roto, dynasty, AL or NL only, you name it, they've got it. They also offer rankings and projections from the number one most accurate industry expert, Nick Mariano. Not to mention access to their exclusive rankings wizard. Like I said, there's 15. Those are just three. So there's so much more to check out. For a limited time, get your MLB premium pass for 50% off. But wait, it does actually get better. Right now, you can get an additional 10% off if you use promo code BASESLOADED. Just visit rotoballer.com slash BASESLOADED to sign up for your premium pass today so you can dominate your leagues tomorrow. Bases loaded and one out. Oh my Central God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slam. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight. We've got a full house for the first time in a long time. We have George, we have Mike, and we have Zach. Well, the other Mike, I should say, because I'm Mike. You can follow everybody on Twitter. George is at Roto underscore Nino. Got it right this time. Mike is at SP Streamer, and Zach is at Braff Z. Gentlemen, I would say how's everyone doing, but everyone will chime in at once. George, Mike, George, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Mike, <laughs> Glad to be here on? with all of you. Hey, man. Mike. What's up, man? Oh. oh, my dog. What's up? What's your dog's name? Oliver's name, Mike? Oliver. You should change Oliver's name to SP. I don't know and, why he's barking. Well, he's excited. Zach, what's going on, man? I'm doing good, man. Hopefully my internet doesn't crap out on us tonight. Well, it, it started. A little behind the scenes, it already started. Already Oliver, has. You know what it is? Oliver? Really? We should, name, we should rename Oliver to Dinger. Oh man, <laughs> Dinger! Hold on, I'm gonna kick him out of the room. <laughs> well, that's not fun. He's part of the podcast now. Uh, anyway, so tonight is episode seventy-four. Wow, I had to think seventy-four. Yeah, because I have a couple others to edit and get out. So this is episode seventy-four, and we are just gonna be talking all things relief pitchers. Not really. Yeah, we're. Uh, I mean, we've been doing our positional previews now, and. Here we are now, relief pitchers, uh, kind of ready to, to, you know, get on with this stuff, get, you know, get our, our uh, positional previews finished here and get into some other good stuff. The way we're going to attack it tonight is a little different than our usual um, rankings breakdowns. Instead of taking the rankings, we're actually going to just kind of break down the ADP. And, or not the ADP, we're going to take them in order of like, how they're being drafted in draft champions leagues right now, NFC formats. We take the last 30 days of uh, ADP data and we just take a look at it and we're going to just break down the order they're going in, talk about guys we think are going too high, too low, just right, like as far as what RP order, because everybody has their own strategy of RP. Zach, were you, were, did you, I don't recall if you, I posted the episodes uh, recently, so. I don't recall. Did you get a chance to talk on how you attack the RP strategy? I know George and I spoke on it. Did you get? Is that one of the last things you spoke on before you left? I think I did. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, you were the um, only one that wasn't on that strategy podcast. So, I'll let you speak to your RP strategy going into drafts. Personally, I always wait till basically towards the end of the draft to take closers. I'll take like kind of you know the bottom of the barrel ones. 
And reason being, I mean, it depends on the league. What league are we talk? What kind of league are we talking about here? Yeah, I was gonna get to that afterwards. I wanted your general approach, and then I was gonna okay. say. Okay, so generally, I yeah, I just wait because I like to work the waiver wire for them. I've had a lot of success in the past doing that. I feel like you could always find them because they're always in and out. You know, it's there's so much turnover; it's ridiculous. So. I do that, but if I'm in like a DC where it's a draft and hold type of thing and you can't add anyone off the waiver wire, then I'm looking more so at the middle tier guys, especially because Ariel Cohen actually did a interesting article on how the middle tier relievers always tend to provide the most value uh, when it comes to closers. So I like to stick to that strategy. Well, I'm upset with you because you said you didn't listen to the podcast and (laughs) – if you listen to the podcast, you would know what we said. So thanks for the busy day, man. Thanks for the support, Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, so this is episode seventy-four. I mentioned that already. And again, wow. if you want to hear our strategies, our thoughts and strategies on the, wow. on position as a whole, Oliver really has that a strong opinion tonight, dude. I don't know what is going on with him right now. He's going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Tonight's the night. We're in that type of mood. So, like I said, if you are interested in hearing our thoughts and on overall strategy, we don't want to harp on it any more than we have to. Go back. It was episode 71, and they had the other three of us really breaking down our strategy across the board, different league types, different formats. And, yeah, that's about all there. So, we'll just start right at the top. And I don't know about you guys. I'll let you all chime in if you'd like, but I feel like it's pretty chalk at the top. You have um, Hader, Josh Hader. As the first closer off the board, Kirby Yates is the second, and Chapman is the third. I feel like those are top three for pretty much everybody, almost consensus. Does anybody have any issue with that? I, I remember you – I mean, actually, I know Zach mentioned you, you're not a big fan of Yates necessarily as the second closer off the board. Yeah, I'm not a huge Yates guy. I mean, it's rare that I'm going to take a reliever this early. Um, but if I were to um, – my one-two is probably Hater Osuna. I'm just a little concerned with uh, with Yates. I mean, this was kind of this last season was kind of his breakout campaign, um, but I'm, I have concerns that he's not going to remain on that team the whole season. They kind of have a, a closer waiting in Munoz over there, and I could see uh, the Padres kind of struggling again this year. And Yates would be a really good trade chip for them. So I could see them possibly moving. And just because of the uncertainty of where he might go, um, that kind of drops his value in my mind a little bit. And yeah, I mean, the Padres, I I still don't think they're going to be a great team yet. I don't think they're ready to take that next step. So um, in terms of opportunity, um, Hayter is the clear cut one, but um, Osuna and Chapman, I kind of have above him just because uh, I think their teams, um, well, the Astros, who knows right now what's going on with that. But um, I just think the Astros and the Yankees are going to have some more save opportunities for them. And um, yeah, I just like those situations a little bit better than Kirby Yates. Uh, I still like Yates, but uh, I'm most likely not going to reach for him in drafts. So yeah, that's just kind of my feeling with, with that. Gotcha. Does anybody else feel similarly? Or is everybody else kind of okay? I mean, I actually prefer Chapman over Yates myself due to job security. That was actually one thing, not Osuna so much, because I think the difference for me is the uh, K potential. The ratios are relatively similar. I actually think there's better ratio potential. If you look at the underlying numbers for Yates, they're very impressive. Almost 15 K per nine. And this is a third straight year of like a really good K per nine. We're talking 12.86 in in 2018, 3.13.98 in 2017. And every year he's actually improved as far as ratios. He only let up two homers last season. Yeah. Yeah, his homer for five ball, that was absurd. <laughs> it was only 4.8%. Yeah, but, crazy. And, well, the ground ball rate of 47.9%, obviously a career best mark. So, I mean, there's a lot to like about him. But I do agree that there is a little less stability as far as a – because I think that they can be sellers as well. Will they be? I'm not so sold on that. That's why I'm okay with them being third over Osuna. Because, again, he offers the better ratios in K upside. But I understand him not being second. Well, Mike, yeah. do you have Mike or George? Anybody? I don't care anymore. There's four of us tonight. This is like <laughs> this is not usual. Chime in whoever wants to, but we don't really need to talk. We all don't need to talk about every player because otherwise it'll be a six-hour pod. Yeah, so. I, I have no problem with Yates number two. I have them Hater, Yates, and Chapman, and I mean Yates has been dominant for uh, a couple years now, even before he got the closer role. And I mean last year he led the 
the you know all relievers in, in ERA and FIP by quite a bit, uh, quite a big margin. So, yeah, I think these three guys I have in a tier of their own just because they help so much with the the ratios as well as saves. So, uh, yeah, Hader, Yates, and Chapman here, uh, top three for me. Mike, what says you, man? Uh, same thing, Hader, Yates, Chapman. So, no qualms. All right. So we can move on from there. And it goes right into Osuna at four, which we already heard Zach's thoughts on. Um, almost a Denal Salamet, because right under him is actually Liam Hendricks, who's the actual leaf pitcher. <laughs> I'm concerned. I don't like Hendricks there. It reminds me too much of uh, – what was, what was his name over there in, uh, in Oakland last year? Blake Trinan. Trinan. It feels like – I feel like Trinan – I mean, I know Hendricks showed he was the guy, but he also struggled at, part, at points last year too. Wasn't there a point where he almost lost a job? Like, Yeah, there was like a week or two stretch where he really struggled in the second half. Yeah, so Hendricks was really good last season, but, I mean, he did seem to get a bit lucky. Um, he he had a 49.5% fly ball rate, but only a 5.6 uh, home run uh, to fly ball ratio. Uh, so, I mean, might have yeah. gotten a little bit lucky there. I'm I'm right there with you, though. I'm not sure I really trust him, especially just coming off of, like, you know, one – big uh breakout season here at age 30 especially for a reliever you like to see a little bit more uh track record just because of the nature of the position they're so volatile uh this is one that could burn you here so i'm kind of off of hendrix as well i have ozuna kind of in a tier of his own just because again like i said the track record i mean he's got 154 saves and he's 24 years old i mean you know he's been doing it for a few years now he's he's really good but he just doesn't provide the same uh the same, you know, strikeouts as, as the top three there. So I kind of have them in the tier of his own. But, yeah, I, I agree with the, with you on uh, your sentiment on Hendricks. Mike, do you have any thoughts on Hendricks? Are you any concern on your end? Um, I have a little bit concern, but, I mean, for me it kind of depends on his velocity because he had a little velocity spike there. Right. And, you know, once that happened, you know, he had a 180 year, right, 25 saves. So. He doesn't have a – he has a decent track record too. So, I have to say at least that gives you a little bit of confidence. But you guys definitely bring up some uh, valid concerns. And I I have him ranked six, so. Yeah, I have him fifth. I, I know he did jump up and down between the rotation and the bullpen kind of throughout his career. Um, what That velocity jump does, you know, coincide with him kind of securing that bullpen role this season so yeah it's a good point um but again like i just kind of weary you know just a little a little concerned oh i'm a lot concerned i'm i'm not nearly like i'm not gonna say i'm I'm, no i'm like (laughs) full-blown concerned i have zero interest in drafting them i'd rather miss than take them especially because we're gonna take them mike you mentioned you have them sixth who's fifth i have osuna fifth fifth so who's fourth i have brad hand oh you're so you have Oh, I like it. It's spicy. I want to hear it because okay. hand, I was huge on him last year and he, you know, let you down, down the stretch a little bit, but he bounced back, came back and did his thing towards uh, to finish the year, if I remember correctly. So you're not worried about the the injuries or the, it wasn't even an injury. It was an injury, but it wasn't, didn't he like his arm slot, like he messed up his arm slot and had to get, figure that out again. Was that part of the issue? I actually don't really, I haven't really heard that. So right. True. So it was, it was fatigue. Um, so it, it, it was fatigue that really caused him to kind of, he was lowering his arm slot mm-hmm. and I, it, it's a little bit concerning. I have him seventh. Uh, I mean, I do like him a ton, but you're a little concerned. Uh, a guy who only threw 57 innings dealing with fatigue uh, and uh, the same concerns that you have with Yates, I actually have here with Brett, uh, Brad Hand. If the Indians become sellers, he's going to be one of the first ones to go. So um, I mean, I like his stuff. I mean, he's going to be the closer while he's there. But, yeah, I mean, just the the, the fatigue that, that he was dealing with at the end of the season, along with the possible, you know, uh, situation there, if he's traded, that's why I have him here at seven. I agree with you on hand. I'm, I'm nervous about that situation. I think that team's going to be in sell mode as well. And I think he could be one of the first to go. So I have him ranked seventh as well, but I am a little concerned about him this year. My thing is that these days when a closer gets traded, it doesn't always mean they're not closing anymore. Like a lot, a lot of times it used to be, Oh, they, they get moved and now they're really, you know, eighth, seventh, eighth inning guy. 
there's a chance he gets traded to a contender and just closes for the contender because yeah. of injury or whatever. So it's possible. It's just one of those things that, like, although we, it, it definitely has to cause uh, cause a little bit of a discount. It should maybe it's not something that used to be as frowned. The potential for trade isn't something that needs to be so as like asking like what if like as concerning because what if he actually ended up going to say Arizona who. Although we, some of us here might like, might like Archie Bradley, we've seen him struggle in the past. Yes, they have um, Ginkle and other p- parts there, but whether, whether that team's in the thick of it, wants somebody that's shut down for that ninth inning, eighth, ninth inning, Brad Hand would be a great fit type of thing. So you just never know is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I was going to say that. And plus, I don't know if you guys know, but he finished with the best FIP of his career. In less innings, though. In 2019. Well. A lot less innings. All right. But I don't know if 10, 10 innings is going to make that big of a difference. <laughs> uh, a and, difference. I mean, he's still a 13K per nine for two years in a row. I'm just – that's what I'm seeing. So. I'm just giving you a hard time because of the whole Savale comment today on Twitter. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, 50 innings for a starter. Yeah, whatever. You're talking anyway. about 13 innings for a relief pitcher. That's potentially 13 relief p- appearances. Anyway, <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> right under him is Edwin Diaz for your Mets. I'm big on the bounce back potential, sh- short leash as, as long as um, Batanzas is ready. But you, you Mets fans, you want to fight over your lack of belief or what? I think we can expect a bounce back year from from Diaz as well. That must hurt um, to say. It does. I mean, last year was was very frustrating and seeing uh, Kalenic. And, um, yeah, I just don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this is going to be a bounce-back year. Um, I think he's going to make some adjustments um, this year. And, I mean, he's still, he still put up amazing strikeout numbers last year, um, over 15, 15K per nine last year. So, I mean, that was still fantastic. Um, just needs to work on his mechanics a little bit. I know he had some. He complained about gripping the ball last year as well. So hopefully that kind of gets sorted out. And um, yeah, I mean he still has an elite slider. And um, I know a lot of people are kind of nervous that Seth Lugo might come in and steal some saves. I really, unless Diaz really struggles, I don't see that happening. I think Lugo is going to be more in a high leverage role. Um, and the problem with Lugo is he can't go back to back days. He's pitching, uh, with a partially torn UCL right now. His arm's about to fall off any day now. Hopefully it doesn't. That's your boy. But I know. Uh, I think he's great in a, in a middle relief role, but he can't go back to back days like Diaz is capable. So hopefully he turns it around. And I mean, Diaz is, is, what, what do I have him ranked at right now? I have him at nine. And I mean, for the uh, the possibility of a bounce back here, I mean that's great value, um, considering he was what like top two, top two or three last year. So he's dropped very far, and it's it's great value if he can bounce back this year. Mike, are you as optimistic? Because you're the right. Yeah. You both uh, are Mets fan. You both are Mets fans, but you tend to be the bigger pessimist of the uh, two. You have to assume. <laughs> you gotta assume he bounces back. I mean, his stuff is just. Yeah, you know, he's got great stuff. Obviously. Nothing changed except but, the walk rate. The walk rate went up. Last well, you know what's crazy that I noticed his, his slider, his barrel percentage in 2018 on slider was 4.1. Last year it went to a 15.9. He had. I bet you. I bet you with that and, new ball, he was just hanging them, man. Yeah, yeah, he was complaining about it quite a bit. And if you look at like that's like one of the worst in the league too. Like that barrel percentage is absolutely brutal. So Slider got killed. But it was really good in other years. So I, I'm hoping it's just that the ball from last year really completely screwed with him. And you know, we'll see a nice bounce back this year. See see if you can figure it out. New pitching coach also, Jeremy Hefner. Yeah. Um he's he's a very bright young mind. He used to pitch for the Mets too. So we're familiar with him, but hopefully working with, with Hefner instead of the, uh, the 90 year old coach that they had last year, hopefully that'll be a little bit better for, for Diaz as well. Okay. I can't really just, I have nothing really to add to that. You guys are the Mets fans. I'm going to let you speak. I'll let you speak on them. But after, again, I'm looking and just to remind everybody, I'm looking at ADP on draft champions uh, in, for NFBC uh, draft champions formats. And I'm looking at the last 30 days, so this is just the most recent drafts. And what we have here becomes like the next, at least for me, like a like a tier of just uncertainty. <laughs> like you have Taylor Rogers, you have Kenley Jansen, Ken Giles, 
Craig Kimbrell, Hector Neris, and Will Smith. Oh, and Russell, uh, Rysel Iglesias in there as well. Oh, and Emilio Pagan. Like, these are the next relief pitchers coming off the board. And I literally feel way more confident in guys going after them than this group. Like, <laughs> of this group, I'm going to go each of you. Give me a name or two that you like the most. You know what? Each of you give me a name you like the most in this group I gave and a name you like the least, if you Can remember. Can you say the names again? Yeah, I'll remind you. So, Taylor Rogers. Kenley Jansen, Ken Giles, Kimbrell, Neris, and Rysel Iglesias. Oh, Will Smith and Pagan. So there's like 12 names here. One big, really, really big tier. But there's just so much of like uncertainty. I call it, it's literally the tier of uncertainty. Like you can pick your favorites. I don't care if you talk about multiple names, but George, we'll start. You haven't spoken in a while. Let me get back to you. <laughs> Give me, I know you did all the, R, the RP stuff over at Fantrax. So. Give me some of your thoughts on some of these guys because I like again it's just so much uncertainty even on my end like I don't right. know like put them in a put them in a hat shake it up and pick a name like, right yeah yeah I mean this is kind of the reason why I'm comfortable taking one of the top guys and then just waiting you know until near the end but my favorite guy of this group here is uh, Taylor Rogers I actually have him six um, I mean he's just shown improvement each of the last three years in both his ERA and uh, strikeout rates so. I mean, he's got a good uh, ability to suppress hard contact, keep the ball on the ground, and uh, limit base runners. So, I mean, that's that's all you want from a closer. And, uh, yeah, I, I like his situation there with Minnesota. They're in position to win a ton of games. I mean, he he saved 30 games last season, and he didn't even close all year. They they tried to have him in, uh, you know, committee roles, you know, first half of the season. They brought in – then uh, trade deadline, they, they brought in Sergio Romo and Sam Dyson. And, I mean, he held them off. They didn't work out, so – yeah, I like I like Taylor Rogers a lot. Maybe I was wrong to include Taylor Rogers. I'm just so afraid of that situation after how they handled it last year. That's all. So maybe it's right. Just like- no, I think he, I just think he did enough to secure that job. Really. And, yeah. Uh, so I think that's where I, maybe I need to get over that in, in my mm-hmm. head. Like I just haven't quite got over that yet. But yeah, the guy that. I like uh, least. Uh, I have uh, well, I have Rysel Iglesias ranked lowest in in my rankings, and just because I mean, he he saw a significant drop in his ground ball rate and that's just not going to work in that, in that ballpark. I mean, we, we saw with the 1.61 home run per nine, uh, his ERA was up to 4.16. I mean, he did get 34 saves um, and that team is looking like, you know, it's sh- should be better this season, but I just have some concerns with, uh, with Rysel. He did blow six saves. That's the big thing about him. Mm-hmm. Like he, he blew six opportunities and you got to think that, there's a chance, and you know, with the, with the over with a over a four ERA, that's not like that's not gonna get it done. And I haven't looked at his velocity stuff, so I'm gonna guess there's probably something there or some type of pitch issue. But when you have Amir Garrett and it, was it Stevenson in the bullpen, I believe, and they just have like solid options to take over. I think I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like I think that it's a very short leash, and there's or there's even the chance that he just goes back to a multi-inning relief role and isn't closing. So. Right. I'm with you. I'm actually fading him. I initially was targeting him. Now I'm fading him. Zach, let's go to you. What are a couple a couple names of guys that you like, don't like from this tier or the tier I'm created out of nowhere? So <laughs> the guy that I like out of this tier that you just brought up is Kimbrell. Um, Ooh. I, I feel confident in a bounce back year. Um, we've seen it before where guys are signed late. Uh, he was signed mid-season last year. And he, he just he didn't have a spring training. It's just not a full off season. These guys are all about routine, and his routine was just completely thrown off last year. Um, so I'm confident in a Kimbrel bounce back. I mean, he's signed to a multi year deal. He's clear the clear cut guy in Chicago. So um, I'll take that opportunity any day. So I'm confident in a bounce back for Kimbrel. And the guy that I'm not too confident in is Kenley Jansen this year. I mean, the past few years, this it's, it's just been rough watching watching Jansen, specifically the past two years. I mean, his walk rate has gone up the past two years. His hard hit rate has gone up consecutively the past three years. Um, he's just – he definitely he, – he's lost some velocity, and he really – you know, it, it's like Mariano Rivera. You know what's coming every time. So I don't think these batters are really fooled all that much anymore on a – 92 mile an hour cutter, even though it worked for Mariano. Um, but um, I'm not too confident in Jansen. And they also, they've got Trinan 
waiting as well um, as the backup option. So if trying to configure out um, what went wrong last year, it's possible if Jansen struggles to try and steps into a closing role at some point this season. So my stock is up a little bit on Kimbrell this year, and I'm fading down on Jansen. Mike, close us out on this tier, this dreadful, dreadful tier. So I actually, <laughs> it's really not that bad. <laughs> I actually it's agree terrible, with but... George took who I was going to talk about. I really like Tyler Rogers. Um, he knows, he really knows how to, you know, he, he throws a slider and fastball really well. And he's actually been top 5% of the league now for two straight years with Xwoba. And he's also put up pretty good tips as well. So I, I liked him a lot last year. And I like him a lot this year too. And I think he's going to fully break out this year. Yeah. I, again, I got to reassess my evaluation on him. I, I'm just so, I just remember getting burned so bad last year by the twins closing situation. Yeah. Didn't they have like three options last year? Trevor May, uh, Tyler Rogers. And I think they ended up dropping the guy that was closing for them for like half a year. Yeah. I, uh, the name slips me, slips uh, I can't. I can't think of it right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. He's irrelevant now. So and they acquired um, Sergio Romo too, who could take yeah. some saves. So it was. It was like like I said. I got very burned last year. So maybe I need to reevaluate that. So maybe I shouldn't have included him in here. So take him out of here. I need any new names that you like out of this tier because apparently that well, one was too easy. So George, <laughs> give me a name you like out of this tier then. Another name I really like, who I can honestly understand ranking as high as fifth, is uh, Ken Giles. Uh, I mean, he, he was actually one of the best relievers, I mean, as per, per outing. I mean, he had a 187 ERA, 14.09 K per nine, a 1.0 whip. Amazing I'm, slider. Uh, yeah, I mean, his swinging strike rate of 18.8 was, I mean, it was fourth among qualifying relievers. So, I mean, he was dealing with those elbow issues and they limited him, you know, second half of the season. But he has really good stuff. I mean, and that Toronto team is, you know, one on the rise. So, I could see Ken Giles moving up the rankings in short order like once the season starts. I just my he falls into that could be could be traded uh bucket. So just because the I feel like they're they're that team isn't competing this year, not with that pitching staff anyway. So but that's just my opinion. I think they're gonna be sellers and that's why I'm scared of him a little bit. But the skill I believe in the skills as well. Mike, is there anybody did you give us somebody you're down on or did I skip that part on you? Um you skipped it, but that's okay. That's okay. Do you have a name that you actually like instead then? We'll just substitute that. I don't remember the, gave... the full list <laughs> That's of fine. Names uh, that I'll give you... it, it was like 12 names. So I'll just – tell me when to stop when you think when, – when there's one that piques your interest the most. <laughs> I'm going to go through them all. Where, so you... where's, where's Brandon Workman? I like him a lot. We're not there yet. God, uh, we all you – know... you know what? Spoiler alert. We, we, I think this podcast as a whole wants him – on their team so that's and he's becoming a popular he's becoming a riser for sure but anyway oh yeah um let me get but we're not talking about shut up stop it george (laughs) Uh, yeah i heard you want to try wait a second so rogers was the name i shouldn't have included so jansen kenley jansen um ken giles kimbrell naris iglesias will smith i kind of want to touch on anyway and emilio pagan those were the names that were part of that tier of misery (laughs) <laughs> just so much uncertainty i felt like is there any name right. out of those is there any names that mentioned that i forget to mention naris or did I, I don't remember if i mentioned naris doesn't matter mike any of those names pop out at you as fades as likes as anything i mean i know zach touched on him a little bit but i'm actually not a fan of kimbrell perfect you, right. know, you know what you know what it's gonna be nice to see a twitter war between somebody else and and not me stop <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's like I can somewhat back it with statistics, but I mean, to be honest, I just honestly despise him. <laughs> <laughs> that is a terrible, terrible reason. And Funny. I is like, I mean, Zach attributed his, him, you know, his struggles because he, I guess, didn't have a full, you know, uh, spring and everything to like prep and get everything in. But I mean, he still worries me because I mean, his velocity has dropped. And um, he, he's obviously on the decline, and I I know you can attribute it to that, I guess, but it's still a question mark, and we're not sure. I mean, he is age thirty one, so he's just a little bit of a worry for me, and I honestly am not touching him this year. Now I see a lot of people are really high on Emilio Pagan. 
is there something I'm missing? Am I, am I again, am I overthinking it? Because, again, how the Rays handled their closer position last year, all, I feel like there's such a short leash. It's like one slip-up, and now we're looking at Alvarado or whoever in that bullpen, or Nick Anderson. Like, somebody, they have the arms again to kind of play this game of matchups. That was such a game last season. My God, with Alvarado, we were all about him the first oh, couple of weeks. Oh <laughs> was awesome. gosh, yeah. That well, nasty two-seamer. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. It was like, it what was happened good. to him? I don't know. What I, I, he had family issues, injury issues, and it was just a yeah, yeah. George a bad, is a, bad all around season for him. Unfortunate. Any of our new listeners, George is our resident relief pitcher guy because he um for fan tra- <laughs> for fan tra- for fan tracks he does literally every relief pitcher or just about every relief pitcher article. He does the in season content for for fan tracks. So when it comes to relief pitchers, he's our guy. When it comes to other. Pretty well, all pitchers. We have Mike, and then you have me and Joe, me and Zach, just pretending that we know what we're talking about. All the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I started doing the closer rankings and depth chart updates, so I, I just got really familiar with with the some of the situations. I mean, so. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I had no idea he had family issues. I knew the injuries were a thing. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> but am I am I wrong? I'm seriously, I'm asking, am I wrong to have these concerns about uh, Pagan? No, no, not not at all. You're not wrong. I mean, he did overperform a little bit. I think his FIP was like a whole run higher than his ERA. But I mean, uh, he was really good regardless. He had a good swing and strike rate, good control. I mean, uh, 0.83 whip uh, was among the best in the league. But you're right. I mean, that's percentage was 94.8. Right. Yeah. 94.8 strand rate. So I mean, yeah, you're, you're right for having your concerns. And especially with that situation, you you just don't know. You don't know. He, he blows a save or two, and then it could be Diego Castillo's the next the next day, or it could be Nick Anderson. It could you know, uh, could be Pache. It could be any one of these guys. They have a they have a, just a stable of arms in that in that uh, bullpen. So you know how uh, many like Matrix memes I'm waiting to, to like Mister Anderson. Like I, that's all comes <laughs> to mind when I think of Nick Anderson. It's terrible. It's corny, but that's all that pops in my head when I think about Anderson. <laughs> I just based based on all the names that George just threw out there, like this situation. I'm like sweating over here. Like this is a very this is making me very uncomfortable. This situation. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, I'm not I'm, I'm not actually sweating, no but I'm very uneasy about this situation going well, into the season. I and the next one, a, a guy right there with them, literally being drafted. They're being drafted six picks apart on average and back to back as relief pitchers. But why is Will Smith being drafted as a starting clo- yeah. like closer? They've already one. they've already said that Melanson's the guy. Right. Now we we are. Well, are you looking at the past month, Mike? Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, he's go- Will Smith over the last three days. I'm gonna double check now. Wow. You said something. Over yeah, since since December 22nd of 2019 to January 22nd of 2020, he's going at 145 off the board in these in these formats, and it's almost becoming like a thing that he's the closer. And I, they've come out and said that Melanson's a closer. And Will Smith, yes, he has the better skills. Yes, he's the better pitcher. He's also a lefty, and he's probably going to be utilized as a, a – Set up he, More than likely, probably a multi-ending one at that, or the occasional good matchup, he'll get a save here and there. But I don't see him getting more than 10 saves unless Melanson or whoever else they bring in as because I think they're going to try to keep Will Smith as a dynamic arm out of the pen. Like, I just don't see – why he's being drafted as well. I honestly, I can't tell because of how this is. It's probably, it's like a top 10, top 12 relief pitch the way he's being drafted. And I, I can't, I can't see it. You're right. Nope. They, also have, they also have Shane Green over there too. I mean, there's three legitimate closing options there. It's only a matter of time until Melanson blows his chance, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, they just, there's still another that? option in Shane Green. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that was. Mike does these random little, <laughs> It's, it's 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 yeah even drink yeah keep drinking over there that's gonna help all right um <laughs> see and i i almost avoid this tier because and that's why i mean this is the first time and this i think george is with me like this is our first time together well as weird as that sounds uh drafting <laughs> it's not our first time <laughs> first time together drafting relief pitchers early like i'm all about getting one of those top five relief pitchers on my team no. i want i want one and then i turn around and then this is the next tier i attack i come down here and then you have the names after the pagan the will smiths the iglesias you get to the fun and what feels almost safer in alex colomay 
Hansel Robles, Leclerc even, even though he was he really, really burned me last year. Archie Bradley, Brandon Workman, which we all love here. So when we do our listener league, which we still have to figure out TBD on that one. But right. Workman is going to be one of those guys that you're going to have to reach to get him from us, and he should be higher. He is solid. Like, I don't get why people are so low on him. He's like the 20th relief pitcher off the board. Yeah, I mean, I have him 11 in my ranking. Yeah, I and I don't blame you. Mike, I know you were kind of itching to talk about him. Yeah, I mean, I have him at 14. And, I mean, I just really like him because what he mainly did was compared to last year, he upped his usage on his curveball. And he he ended up – he, like, he started locating the pitch, like, really well, too. And he was, like, attacking outside of the plate more often. And – um. I think he was just really good at generating weak contact. And I really think that, I mean, the, the biggest, most ridiculous stat about him is that he allowed one barrel, one home run all season. Yeah. So he's, you know, hitters are clearly struggling against him. And I think he's legit. And he's on a team that I think he get a lot of saves on. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing, the one flaw that he does have is he walks a lot of batters. Yeah, but his, the, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, but that doesn't hurt him because he's not he's not giving up home runs, you know. So I mean, exactly. he, he's getting strikeouts, uh, you know, getting weak contact. So if he lets a runner on, he's either gonna get you know, he's gonna get an out or he's gonna get a strikeout, you know. So it's not hurting him right now. So I mean, yeah, I'm I love the situation for him there. I mean, he's you know assumed to be the the. There was some question. I think the reason why people were so low on him. Uh, initially and and maybe still are is because they might not be they might be skeptical about his role but uh no I think I'm I'm all in on on Workman as the closer there I know that Alex Cora before he got the boot he uh gave you know gave gave his vote of confidence as as Workman having that role going into the season that's out the window now I forgot to say I forgot about (laughs) that part I forgot that you know that was a that was a Cora thing oops hmm (laughs) That could, be, that could be interesting. I mean, that could really significantly change things you don't know yet. But beyond those guys, I mean, Archie Bradley, we just we know what he is. Leclerc, we think we know what he is, but he just doesn't live up to the expectations. But then when you get beyond this tier, man, it just, again, now it becomes another pick your pick your poison. Because if you miss on this tier, then you're getting the Joe Jimenez, you know, has a job, but it's a crappy team. Ian Kennedy, we think he has a job, but they're probably going to try to trade him sooner than later, you know, because get what they can for him on that team. Sean Doolittle, Sean Doolittle, I expect him to do little. <laughs> oh, God. How long have you been waiting to say that? I'm going to go to bed now. <laughs> do, you have one written, do you have that one written down on your notes, Mike? <laughs> Maybe. Um, no, it just, I'm just looking at his name and it's spelled out like that. Anyway, on that note, we're going to take a brief break and we'll be back with you shortly. And we're back. Yeah, I just, I'm just looking at, like, cause with him, it's just literally health, and they sign, like, three other guys that can do the job, too. So, you know he's probably going to be splitting them at the very least. But then the guys, they get interesting. Like, I, I like Giovanni Gallegos, but you have Carmart still uncertain of his role. You have um, a couple other names I wanted to throw out there. You have Mark Melanson, who's just a solid value at this point because he should be he's like, he should be the closer come day one, but it's baked into the price as far as, like, the uncertainty. Keona Kella? I'm not sold that Kyle Crick won't be a thing. And last I want to talk about Scott Oberg, just completely unappreciated. And he's all the way down. He's like, he's below all these guys I named. And I feel like I got to be missing something or people just don't realize he's the closer. Like they forget about him. until so it's like, Oh wait, Scott Oberg's a thing. So I just named, I threw a few names out there. Zach, it's been a while since you talked. You want to jump in on any of them or not really? <laughs> one, the one that I'm going to jump in on is, is Carmart. Um, there were rumblings this past weekend that he's actually going to be returning to the rotation, uh, which I personally don't think that's the best move. Um, this back and forth is just going to derail this guy's career, I think. But if he does move back to the rotation, which is what it sounded like, I agree. I think uh, Giovanni Gallegos is, is a very good option there, although they still also have Andrew Miller in that pen as well. So it, there's still uncertainty there, but it's looking more and more like it won't be Carlos Martinez. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I know what you said about Ian Kennedy. I actually kind of like Ian Kennedy as a late, late option. Like you said, there's a chance that he does get dealt 
and maybe goes to a team and he's not closing. I understand that. But at least for the first half of the season, um, I mean, it's his job. He, there's really not a ton of competition back there. He looked great last year. I mean, he uh, made the shift from the rotation to the pen and he gained some velocity as well. Uh, he just looked like a completely new pitcher, especially in the second half. So I'm kind of on board um, for some some cheaper saves with Ian Kennedy at this tier. I just want to see Richard Lovelady get the job because I love his name. Well, he, <laughs> he blew his chance last year. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> totally. Uh, I'm just. I, I'm. I guess. I. I. You would think I'm the one drinking. Um, <laughs> Mike, uh, George, whoever. We're at that. We're, we're at the point now where it's like. I mean, if you guys want to give your final thoughts, and then we can move on from closers because I think we're at that point where it's like you're getting to the no names or the. And I kind of want to get into some of these other guys anyway. So, right. Any, any final thoughts on a couple of those last on a couple of those names? I know you're a big Gallego guy, uh, George. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if we we're gonna get into him in the next um, segment here, but I'll just go ahead and touch well, on him. Yeah, I, he might he might be the closer. So it's like he right. Kinda, okay, fine. This transition's perfect. Mike, you're getting cut. Uh, <laughs> George. <laughs> well, do you have, do you have any final thoughts on those names, Mike? No, no, it's I funny. So. You and George te- seem to like the same people. I was going to say I like Gallegos, but George can so, go. So, I'll let George, <laughs> so, George, this transition is perfect. Gallegos is kind of a fringe potential starter, potential next man up. So we're going to talk about – we're actually going to get right into next man up, and Gallegos fits both of these. So Gallegos is going to be the bridge to that gap. Speak on Gallegos. Right, man. I really hope he gets the job. I mean, we're we're kind of just all assuming here that, that it's going to happen, but I really hope so because he's just got filthy stuff. I mean, especially his slider, he used it 43% of the time, and it's just like, why not? You know, I mean, 24.6% swinging strike rate on it and uh, only allowed 25% contact. I mean, being able to throw outside the zone and not issue any walks, getting that many stringing strikes, I mean, that's just amazing. So, I mean, he's... Uh, really broke out last season so we'll see i mean i hope he gets a job but regardless he's, he's going to be one of those better one of the better middle relievers to to draft as far as right now as with the information we're working with he's he's a good one all right so he you gave that one does everybody i would like everybody to give just one name keep it simple because between that that's four that's three three more three more names to look out for kind of kind of your higher end handcuffs so to speak <laughs> not handcuffs uh higher end guys to that could have that could be clo- like next man up type of guys like if a closer goes down for injury or performance did you not prep for the podcast mike <laughs> do you not understand what no, next man up do you understand? i understand i understand what you're saying are you sure yeah <laughs> all right i mean prove it do you have a guy to give me <laughs> what about someone who should be in the closest role but is going late like Nick Anderson? Like Matt McGill? 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 <laughs> I think he's going to – I thought he was actually being named. Or he – oh, no, it's just yeah. speculation. I think he's he should be the closer, yeah. But go, go ahead if you have something good on, on McGill. Yeah, so I actually uh, put out a nice little tweet on them too that after he got traded, he changed his pitch mix. And um, basically what he did was he upped his fastball usage and – did you just laugh at me? <laughs> no, I, I, I sniffle. I apologize, sir. Please, please forgive me. And um, as you were, <laughs> and it basically increased uh, his K's, lowered his walks, and you know he finished with a decent three point one two FIP. And I just feel like with the you know the he'll end up with a higher K per nine. And again, he looks like to be at the closer position. His current ADP was. 490 when I last looked. It might have changed by now, but still super late. Should be the closer. Could definitely get saves there. So I like him late. So he's more, yeah, cause I guess that would be close to next man up because you really don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a wild guess right now. In that, in that yeah, point. roster resource has him as the closer, but nothing's been announced technically. You, you have, and for the Giants, because I was looking at like, who, the Giants have Tony Watson plugged in. He's a lefty. They might want to may, maybe use him there to leverage a, some trade uh, conversation around him. But, George, I know you have a couple guys that you're looking at kind of next man up there. So, if you want to. In the, up. for the Giants situation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that one, uh, we just have no idea. It kind of ended there with Sean Anderson, who uh, a lot are, are assuming he's going to go into the season with the role. 
uh, Tony Watson, he just he had a pretty bad year. He had a pretty bad year. Four point one seven ERA, huge drop in his strikeouts. Um, so he could be you know declining there. I I just I'm just not sure about uh, about Watson. Uh, one guy who's kind of a dark horse uh, that could take that role is Tyler Rogers, you know, uh, Taylor Rogers' uh, brother. So he's there in San Francisco, and he came up in uh, at, at the in the second half and had a 1.02 ERA, and uh, I think it was like 19 innings. It was a little bit under 20 innings, but he he was pretty good. So uh, I think it, you know Rogers, uh, Sean Anderson, uh, Tony Watson. Personally, I, I would love to see them call up Melvin Adon and and see what he could do. I doubt that they would put him in the in the closer role right away, but maybe see what he could do there in in middle relief. Uh, Adon's a guy I like in their minor league system with a, just a crazy good fastball. Um, so I mean, those those are a couple names. It's just that the situation is just so hard to gauge right now. Exactly, and Mike's yelling at me because I'm hitting up our Patreon, talking to, talking to our Patreons while while podcasting. At least I'm not tweeting this time, all right? I'm not so, tweeting. <laughs> no, I'm not tweeting. Norm, normally I tweet and host. You shouldn't do that because it turns into a bit of a, a mess. But I'm our Patreons are good people. Why wouldn't I take the time to, to you know, even while I'm doing this, they come first. You see what I'm doing there? Shamelessly promoting our Patreon page that we never promote <laughs> on the podcast. Genius. Anymore. Genius. Boom, light bulb just popped up. All right. <laughs> so I like those names. T- Tyler Rogers, Taylor, Tyler, whatever. Taylor, Tyler, it looks like it's spelled Tyler. Tyler Rogers is the name I thought of as well. The red situation, I think I think Amir Garrett can be the guy. It shows Lorenzen, but it's like I feel like we've seen Lorenzen. And I feel like Garrett and Stevenson kind of offer that electric upside that is missing as a closer. And Kyle Crick, I mentioned, just another guy that we saw him get a chance last year, kind of blew it. Kella could be dealt. Kella, Kella might be the, the starting closer, but I think, again, next man up, Kyle Crick would be the guy. Do you have anybody, Zach? I know I kind of glanced over a couple. Yes, I do. So I'm very, very intrigued by this Cleveland Indian situation. Obviously, we were talking Brad Hand before. Um, I ultimately think either Hand struggles or this team struggles and Hand will be sold off. And they have two young pieces kind of waiting in the wings in Karinchek and Classe. And I am a very big Karinchek guy. This guy last year, he was just unbelievable when he came up. Um, even in, in AAA last year, this guy had a 21.8K per nine. Granted, 17 innings in AAA. Uh, but I mean, he's a strikeout guy, and twenty almost twenty-two strikeouts per nine innings. That's just an absurd number. Like that just doesn't happen. Granted, he walks a little too many guys, but once he uh, once he got to the big leagues, he kind of got that under control a little bit. But uh, I feel like they've kind of just been grooming this guy to be the next closer once Hand is gone, and I'm very excited to see what this guy brings. He's He's got a 98-mile-an-hour uh, fastball and a nasty overhand hook. Uh, it's, just, it's just almost impossible to hit. I was watching some clips of it before. I mean, he's, he's taken out Soto and Rendon and Abreu, and it just it looks effortless. So I'm curious to see what happens with the situation next year. Um, George, I mean, uh, I know you've been kind of doing the bullpen reports. I mean, is there a gauge as to which one of these guys might be in line? If uh, if Brad Hand kind of falters at all, I mean I- I'm with you on your love for Karinchak. Uh, he's got just awesome stuff. But the thing is, for me, uh, the way I look at it is, I mean they they gave up Corey Kluber, despite you know whether the Rangers were paying his whole contract or, or not. Regardless, I mean that's a lot to give up to get a reliever, and uh, I, just the investment that that they had to pay to get Class A, and then another thing. Karinchak, I mean, he only threw 31, I think it's about 31 innings uh, last season, uh, 37 the year before. So uh, I just, I don't know if they would give him a big jump. You know, you typically see closers are right around like 50 to 60 innings. I'm not sure if he's going to, if they're going to give him that jump, uh, give him that full-time closer role. I, I kind of have my doubts there. So if I have to kind of gauge it right now, I, I would say that, uh, I'd put my money on Class A if, you. you know, if and when uh, Hand gets traded. Perfect. Damn you, George. 
Perfect. So that's – we have one last thing I want to do. But no, I don't need stats on this because we're running – like it's about an hour and we've done a lot. So and if you, anybody wants to, you can. But I was thinking just real quick, a name or two from everybody. People always ask, at least often ask, who's that next Andrew Miller? Who's that guy that you can plug in for ratios, for your Ks, and help you in those categories of roto leagues for that reason? Yeah. I think I would like everybody to give a name or two, maybe brief reasoning. We don't need to dive into them. Mike, you want to start with that? You have a couple of names you would recommend for middle relievers to help with all that stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, the one that comes to mind is kind of obvious, which is Drew Pomerantz. Yeah. And, I mean, he was just a beast in the second half. I mean, a beast. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why. I felt the need to do that. As a anyway. reliever, he had like a 15K per nine with like a 188 ERA. So he was just absolutely ridiculous once he went to the pen. Uh, for he was with the Brewers, right? Brewers last year, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's the first one that comes to my right away, and then also still Dylan Batanzas. I mean, Mets, he did go to the Mets, but <laughs> hopefully, he's what he was with the Yankees, even though probably not because he's with the Mets. I'm going to just step in and just say Nick Anderson. Like, I think that's way obvious, but you kind yeah. of got to go with Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson. And Adam Adovino, we saw it last year. Same thing this year, just solid ratios, good Ks. Why wouldn't you want to take a chance on him? And a guy, you know, everyone knows I love Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, Ks, definitely, Ks are definitely there. I, th- I expect better ratios. He's definitely going to be solid out of the pen in a multi-inning role, I think. So he's a guy. He's probably one of my favorites. I'd say him and Nick Anderson are my go-to, honestly, for uh, – those relief pitchers that both have a chance to grab a save or two here and there. So, yeah, absolutely, dude. Nick Anderson. Uh, just, just to give give you um, a context of like how good he was last season. But uh, once he got traded to the Rays, since the trade deadline up through the end of the season, seventeen point three zero K per nine was first, fifty percent K minus walk rate first. Uh, I mean, forty one uh, strikeouts fourth. Then this is among relievers, among all relievers. Uh, 1.62 FIP was fourth. I mean, he he was just awesome. You know, he he was amazing. So, yeah, I mean, if you're in a uh, saves and holds league, especially, I mean, he's just one of these top guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Holds is a whole other category now. Yeah, these <laughs> a lot of these a lot of these guys that we're talking about are going to get you those categories. But I would say that Anik Anderson is a beast. All oh right. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm all over the place today. I'm tired. So so late. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give you not for George. George's like George's like, oh, I just had a cup of coffee. It's like eight o'clock where I live. Dude, it's only eight. It's eight forty here. Um, forget you guys over me. Forget (laughs) you guys over on the East Coast. All right, so go ahead, George. Uh, yeah, just one more name that I'm targeting in in drafts is uh Josh James. I love Josh James. Uh, he's yeah, yeah. He's supposed to go into the season uh, competing for that fifth uh, starter spot. So, I mean, either way, I think he's going to give you some value because uh, you take a look at that situation and, you know, they have uh, McCullers who they've, you know, already came out and said that they're going to limit him to about 120 innings. Um, They lost uh, Will Harris and Hector Rondon. So they got to fill those, uh, you know, set up innings. They got to fill those innings in middle relief as well. So, I mean, just by, by attrition there, I mean, he should, he should, you know, move up a step or two in the pecking order. So, and he, he was awesome. He was one of those guys who got a late start in spring training because he had a quad issue. And uh, so he, he really didn't, didn't have a spring training at all. So his, his April was, was terrible. But, I mean, from, from May 1st on, in 46 innings, he had a 3.86 ERA and a 15.29 K per nine. Uh, and I really I, – I would love to see him use a slider a little bit more because it was just ridiculous. Just – it allowed the least amount of contact of any pitch at 16.1%. And this is over pitches thrown. I'm using uh, Alex Chamberlain's chart for this. Uh, I mean, least amount of contact of, of any pitch, period, was Josh James Slider. And a 19.6 swinging strike rate. So, uh, yeah, he's one guy who, regardless of, of how he's used, I think he's got tremendous opportunity uh, to be a solid middle relief guy or maybe even that fifth starter. So he, he's someone that I just – I love his stuff. So go ahead and, and grab him. Jeez, okay. So talk about analysis. That was awesome. Uh, mine was good for Ks, good for ratios, get them on your team. Uh, totally wasn't expecting to go that deep. Cool, though. I love it. It's great analysis. I'm sure the listeners appreciate it. 
I apologize for coming so weak to this game. <laughs> God, I took it to the paint week, got smacked down. Dude, I well, I mean, I did three reliever articles like a couple Last weeks ago. So I mean, I got all this information here, just you've been fresh dying. at my fingertips. So. You've been dying, you've been dying for this podcast, and it's gotten pushed back a time or two already. So I <laughs> totally get it, Zach. Oh fit. man. I'm sorry you have to follow yeah, that. I was going to say, I really love following George, the reliever <laughs> guy here. So, thanks. <laughs> and, Mike, you also took the guys that I wanted to talk about in, uh, in Anderson. Anderson Maybe. and Ottavino. I mean, there's really nothing else I have to add. <laughs> there I mean, you go. Perfect. Okay, so but, one – Wait, I wasn't done. I wasn't okay, done. Okay, go Hold ahead. On. Go ahead. Um, one name I brought up before, Seth Lugo, great for ratios. We love Lugo. Yeah, yeah I mean, amazing. top 10 in oh. whip. Um, he's, whip. Star- he's starting to strike out. You need to go to bed, Mike. Whip. <laughs> You're Wait. delusional over family, there. Family guy, cool whip. Anyway, uh, so Seth Lugo <laughs> is great for ratios, and he could probably sprinkle in some saves here and there. Uh, but the other guy that I really like is Ryan Presley, another Astro. I love mm-hmm. the Astros. Great, great squad. And um, <laughs> <laughs> very ethical. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, you but know, we, we've they're, in, they're in previous crazy. in previous episodes, you guys have kind of brought up the uh, the uh, the beloved Statcast wet dreams, and Ryan Presley is one of those. Um, Read across the board. Um, Which, by Pres- the way, real quick, we can thank Paul Spore for that term. Yes, because we we're going to keep on, that, though. Well, yeah, he came on the show, said it, and ever since then, it has been something we have mentioned time and time again. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, Presley, he's got great numbers all around. He's in the top 5% in strikeout percentage. He's top 1% in WOBA. Uh, he just – he's an all-around fantastic handcuff. Um, I think if anything happens to Ozuna, I think Presley is the guy over Josh James. Um, George may disagree, of course, but, um, yeah, in a holds league, Presley was fantastic last year until he went down with an injury late, but, um, yeah, Presley, fantastic guy for ratios, um, 0.9 whip last year, amazing strikeouts, um, ERA under two, five, uh, you can't go wrong with Presley. Somehow we managed to go the whole podcast name pretty much play on every team. And yet the Marlins don't even have a guy we want as a reliever or a closer. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm surprised nobody said Andres Munoz right now. Yeah, that's a good one. That's the gonna, I was actually going to bring up the fact that if you if we miss anybody, feel free to at George or at Mike on Twitter because I honestly don't want to be bothered with it. No, but all seriousness, yeah. cause there are so many of these options. You really right. just have to, you just have to really I – mean, it goes to show you that you could just – kind of pick them from wherever you like if you want to skip on the higher end ones because they cost too much you can grab so these guys are gonna be some of these guys are gonna be waiver wire fodder that you can just grab off the waiver wire and plug into your lineup so yeah I, i'm just trying. gonna give you three quick i'm just uh-huh. do this real quick do this real quick mike all right? yeah last, <laughs> george, last george has been waiting forever to do this i know go for it, george and no, um, this on a strong note no, I just want to say, if, if you take a look at Andres Munoz, his uh, final numbers is a little bit misleading. They, they shut him down at the end of the season uh, just to, to limit him, limit his innings. But his last two outings, he gave up three runs in, in each of those. But before that, it, he had a 1.69 ERA. So, I mean, he, he was lights out. He was really good. So, uh, Munoz. And then another one, Rowan Wick. I mean, we've, we've heard our concerns here about Craig Kimbrell. Um, I mean, he dealt with injuries last season. They don't have Pedro Strope. He's gone. Steve Ciszek is gone. Uh, Rowan Wick will be the next man up there, and he was actually pretty darn good last season. So um, Rowan Wick is another one. And then you can't forget about Sir Anthony Dominguez. I mean, he had a really good season two years ago. Uh, last season dealt with some elbow stuff. And they really, the Phillies really haven't done anything to address their bullpen. And I'm not sure how much you guys really trust Hector Neris, but if he falters uh, at all, I mean, they've got Sir Anthony Dominguez there. We know what kind of potential he has. So. Uh, just a couple more names that I wanted to throw out there. That was quick. I was not anticipating that. So I jumped on Twitter and then started doing stuff. I'm like, <laughs> totally expected it. I expected it to go way longer. Oh, uh, that's awesome. So on that note, guys, 
that's gonna call that's gonna wrap it up on relief pitchers. I think we did well. I was surprised how well this went, to be honest. So don't <laughs> what, what about all those listener questions we got? <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. So I, ju- I just pulled up the tweet and found nothing. So we, we, le- we, literally, we literally have one question, maybe two. Honestly, guys, you guys have usually filled our mailbags this time. Not so much. No big deal. No problem. You failed us. <laughs> Mike feels very disappointed. In all seriousness, though, we appreciate you guys. We know you listen. We know you interact with us regularly on Twitter. So one one day – Last minute at that, not a big deal. We appreciate it anyway. So we'll, we'll answer. The, I think I'm going to personally make sure I answer those on my, at least from Twitter. So um, other than that, with that said, guys, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mike underscore Curlin, joined by everybody tonight. We had Zach from from, from Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we had Zach. Never, at, never gets old. <laughs> God, it doesn't. At Braff Z, you had uh, Mike at SP Streamer, George's at Roto underscore Nino. You can find the podcast page on Twitter and Instagram, which we're being more active on, Zach. Um, <laughs> you, can follow, you can follow those at Bases Loaded Pod. And uh, guys, I keep forgetting to do it at the beginning of the show, but if you're still listening, five-star rating review is greatly appreciated. It really takes, it really helps our podcast get some exposure and it goes a long way. So a rating or review really means the world to us. So we, and as always, guys, we just appreciate you listening and we will talk to you soon. 